0: We have been looking at how St. Paul goes into great detail about the heavenly realms in the book of Ephesians. It is the place where we are blessed. It is where the throne of Jesus is. It is where we are enthroned with him. The heavenly realms are where the eternal plan of God is worked out, and the heavenly realms are where the great battle takes place. We've begun to look at verses 3 and 4 of Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3 says, Blessed be God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places or in the heavenly realms. And then it says in verse 4, it gives us the first blessing that we encounter in Christ in the heavenly realms. And let me read that for you just as he chose us in Christ before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Now, this is the first blessing that we have to understand that is part of our identity in Christ, that we have been chosen by Christ. And the timing of this is really essential to understand. It says that we were chosen... Before the creation of the world. Now that's an amazing thought if you think about it. That before the book of Genesis, before there was was ever anything that existed, before the stars and the moon and the earth, before Adam and Eve, God chose you. He knew about you. He knew the beginning from the end of your life. He knew everything you would go through, and yet He chose you. And he chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. I love the way that this translation puts it. It says, just as he chose us in Christ before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless before him in love. That last phrase there, and the way they, the, um, the NRSV puts the period, I love that. He chose you to be before him to be in His presence, and he chose you in love, He loved you. He loved you before you even came into being, uh, before you were even in your mother's womb. The Lord already loved you, loved you, and He already chose you in Jesus. And the idea of being chosen is something that when Jesus came, he, he solidifies it. Listen to John 15:16. "You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. You see, you were chosen by the Father to be holy and blameless in his sight, and you were chosen by Jesus to be fruitful. And everyone loves the idea of being chosen. There is something that that when you are chosen for a task... It gives you a sense of dignity, it gives you a sense of purpose, it gives you a sense of worth. And that's what God wants to convey to you in this blessing and in the fact that you have been chosen. It has to do with your dignity, it has to do with your worth, it has to do with your purpose, it has to do with your destiny. Later on in in chapter 15, verse 19 of John, it says this, If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. This choosing has to do with conflict. As with everything in Scripture, as with this whole issue of the uh the heavenly realms the last thing we'll look at is 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 all of this culminates in preparing us for a great battle uh, that scripture is is readily uh, able to describe to us and 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 wants us to understand and here Jesus says here here here's the deal I chose you out of the world and the world system and the word world there is cosmos it's not the world terra firma, you know, the beautiful oceans and the, the the forests and the flowers and the animals and the trees. No, it means the world system that is under the control of the evil one because the the, the Lord God has allowed this. He's allowed Satan to have authority for this time being until he brings everything to an end. And Jesus says, listen, the Father chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight, in me, and then I chose you to be fruitful, and I chose you out of the world. Uh, I want you to be uh, apart from it. You don't belong to this world system. And I think it's really significant um, to understand uh, that the idea of being holy and blameless is, is If God chose us to be that, then it means we can be it. And how he works it out is really important in our lives. We can resist it. We can be deceived into not participating in God's plan. But ultimately, God will always work in our lives, if our heart is really for him, uh, to get us to that point uh, where we allow that process to take place. Now listen to Hebrews 10. I want you to notice several things here. First of all, this single sacrifice for sins. It was a once and for all deal. It doesn't have to be repeated over and over and over again, uh, like other priests do, the Old Testament priests, and even some priests today, over and over and over. Uh, No, the sacrifice was once and for all. It is finished and it is done but what's important to see is that jesus sat down at the right hand of god it means he knew that this work is finished and he sits down and he reigns from that throne and it's interesting Uh, do you know the time uh, when jesus gets up when he stands up because Mostly in scripture you see him seated, but you see him standing when he makes intercession for us. Isn't that interesting? He gets up from his throne and he stands to make intercession. I think that's a, a, a wonderful, There's you could preach a whole sermon on that, couldn't you? And it's really a beautiful thought. Uh, but the second thing I want you to see, not only his sovereignty and being on the throne, but that he's waiting for a time to come. He's anticipating the end of the battle, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet, that, that there is a, uh, an eschatological end to everything, uh, that there is a culmination, there is a final fulfillment, uh, that God will come, uh, Jesus will come to judge the living and the dead and to reward everyone for their faith and the works that they have done through their faith, and to call into account uh, not only the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms that will finally be called into final account, uh, and those, those Elohim who rebelled and led the nations astray, uh, as it says in Psalm 82, they will perish like humans, but he will hold all, all, everyone, great and small, uh, uh, to account. And and it says this, the third thing I want you to see, and this is significant, for by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. You see, and this is a hard concept to understand. It's foreign to us. But the work of Jesus Christ perfected you. You are perfect, but you are being Sanctified. Do you see the difference? Uh, you have have uh, been perfected, but you are being sanctified. When the Father looks at you, He looks at you through Jesus and the sacrifice of His Son, and because of that, He says you are perfect. Now you don't see that in your life because there is a process you have to go to through, and that's called the sanctification process. To sanctify means to make one holy. And that process we can cooperate with, uh, we can go astray from, um, and, and there's all kinds of, of, of ways in which God will continue that through the Holy Spirit in our life. But, but first of all, we need to see the reality that, that Jesus Christ has made you perfect. And, and through the work of the Holy Spirit, um, he is making you holy. I mean, isn't that an amazing thing? So you have to believe, wait a minute, um, I am perfect, and I am being made holy. Um, listen to this, it's Second Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. But we must always give thanks to God for you brothers and sisters, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. For this purpose, he called you through our proclamation of the good news so that you may obtain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13 and 14. A great place to spend some time meditating. And here's a the central truth here that you were chosen to be the first fruits of salvation that means that the first fruits always indicated that that the rest of the harvest would come and so your salvation the fact that you were saved from the penalty of sin when you receive Christ means that there is going to come the, the latter harvest in which you are glorified. In fact, this verse talks about that. But the second thing that I want you to see, it's, it's sanctification by the Spirit through belief in the truth. And this is how sanctification takes place. The Holy Spirit starts to do a work in your life around, around a specific truth that He wants you to believe. Now, the enemy right away will come and try and get you to doubt that truth, to not believe that truth, to reject that truth, or to not hold on to that truth, to dismiss, dismiss the truth. All of those things, that we see that in the parable of the sower. Because the sanctification process that the Holy Spirit starts does not continue until you believe the truth that he is is. Imparting to you in order to sanctify you. Do you see that? Uh, Jesus said, "Sanctify them." This is in John uh, seventeen. Sanctify them by by the truth. Your word is truth, and of course, you know that the the word is the sword of the spirit. And so that's how the process works. And and I've seen that in my life. I've I've uh, I've been deceived away from the truth and, and the Lord had to bring me back. And uh, that's always a difficult thing and very painful. But God never gives up if he knows your heart is truly for him. And, and so the Holy Spirit introduces a truth into your life. At that point, there, there's a great battle that takes place in your heart and your mind and your spirit and your will to either believe that truth and walk in it or to fall into doubt and unbelief uh, and allow yourself to be deceived or the enemy to steal the truth. And I'm sure all that many of you have experienced that battle. Uh, And the purpose, for this purpose, he called you through our proclamation of the good news so that you may obtain the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, that is the purpose is that you would be like Jesus that you would be glorified and and that you would know his glory and you know how that takes place uh, because it says that when we see him we will be just like him and isn't that a great a uh, great idea to keep in your mind a great thing to to uh, uh, affirm for your life. Now, how does what James says here, how how should we apply this? Listen to James 2.5. Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has God not chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? And it's significant to know that that God's choosing has nothing to do with your ability, with your talents, uh, um, with with who you are in the eyes of the world or even in your own eyes. It has to do with how he sees your potential in Christ. And it it has to do uh, with being rich in faith. Uh, and poor in the eyes of the world, the, the 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 world system may look down at you, and that's a real struggle. Is that is that your identity that the evil one, uh, the world, the flesh, and the devil are always trying to tell you who you are, and 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 to, and God says no, that's not it. I want you to be rich in faith, and then. This verse in 1 Corinthians 1, 26. Consider your call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Again, you see, God chooses you just as you all are with all of your flaws, all of your failures, and He makes you into who He wants you to be. Uh, And that is really significant. That is what um, God desires for each and every one of us, that we would submit to His choosing uh, and that we would know that He's chosen us. Now think about this for a while why would God list in, in the there's six blessings uh, that we are blessed with in the heavenly realms why would the first one be the fact that you were chosen why I think now you may come up to come with two other conclusions but I think it is that sense of belonging that everyone wants that everyone needs, uh, to know uh, that before the creation of the world, uh, you know, close your Bible, look at the the first Genesis 1-1, close your Bible, and then on the other side of that, okay, that's when you were chosen. It's just, it confounds me to even think about that, that before the creation of the world, he chose you to be holy and blameless in his sight. And it is that that gives you that sense of dignity and that sense of destiny. And before you can receive all the other blessings, uh, the, the five additional blessings that we will look at, uh, there has to come to that, that, sit, that place in your heart, in your mind, where you say, Lord, thank you that you chose me to be holy and blameless in your sight. And you chose me in Christ Thank you, Jesus, that you chose me to be fruitful. Thank you, Jesus, that you chose me out of the world. Thank you that you didn't choose me based on my skills and my abilities and my, uh, my intellect and my, my, my status in life, but you chose me because you loved me uh, and you have a plan think about this. Uh, we had a great time go over, going over this on Sunday and praying through uh, the things that uh, that impacted us and spend some time just thanking God uh, that you indeed are chosen. God bless and keep you.